This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Sports Radio, where your hosts, Dave Stahl, Lance Pelkey, and Michael Schwartz, educate you on anything and everything related to our Second Amendment right. Visit GunSportsRadio.com with your questions and comments, or to learn how to become a sponsor and or guest of the show. Now here comes Hour 2 of Gun Sports Radio, and your hosts, Dave, Lance, and Michael. All right, folks, welcome back second hour of gun sports radio lance pelkey took the afternoon off he's working hard at work but we got uh, michael schwartz joe germisi and uh don't forget to go to your favorite podcast platform look for gunsportsradio.com or for the second hour you can go to san diego county gun owners sdcgo.org and you can watch us or not watch us but you can hear us on your facebook while you're just driving down the road. This hour is brought to you by our good friends at Cali Key. Drop a Cali Key into your AR-15 or 10 to instantly make it California compliant. For more information, check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. K-A-L-I-K-E-Y, K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. Self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at affordable price. Bad guys don't take, off, take days off, and neither does U.S. Law Shield. What's your plan after you defend yourself or your family? Consider a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at uslawshield.com. That's uslawshield.com. All right, this segment is brought to you by the San Diego County Gun Owners. Go to www.sdcgo.org. Join up for as little as $10 a month, or you can be a 10 ringer for 100 bucks a month. Uh, Joe Jamisi writes a blog for that site. He is our covert blogger, and uh, you have a special guest today. Well, I do, yeah. This is, um, you know, I was going to write an article about this this week uh, because this would be the 100th birthday, I guess, of uh, Colonel Jeff Cooper. And uh, I thought, eh, rather than write an article and then have to talk about my article. I thought I'd go uh, do something better and um, got a hold of Ken Campbell, who's the um, CEO of the Gunsight Academy out in Paul, in uh, Paulden, Arizona. And um, Ken not only worked for Colonel Cooper, but was good friends with uh, the Colonel and the family. So I thought I'd have Ken come on and tell us about it a little bit. So Ken, are you there? I'm here. You know what they said uh, on D-Day, uh, you know, London Pauling with messages for friends um, free America calling California. We're calling from gunfight in Arizona. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. Oh. Well, thank you very much for coming on here, Ken. Hey, before we get uh, too far into it, I wanted to ask you, how are you guys doing at gunsight with all this COVID-19 stuff? Are you guys still up and running and doing classes and stuff? We are. Uh, fortunately, uh, DHS, uh, the governor of Arizona, uh, recognized that uh, silly thing called the Constitution and Bill of Rights and recognized firearms and firearms training as an essential service. And uh, so we've had kept our doors open and we kept training. Now, having said that, uh, we do try to abide by the CDC guidelines and and uh, responsible guidelines. And as I like to say to the students, big boy rules apply here. 
Um, we've uh, we've always had a clean shop, but we've been disinfecting even more. The the aroma of bleach wafts through the air uh, from all the doorknobs and public services. Uh, we take every any person who sets foot on the ranch. We take their temperature every day. Um, uh, we we well, it's a shooting class. There is social distancing. There has to be. Um, we uh, we we do practice the social distancing. Uh, we, we did cancel our close quarters classes, the ones that were push and shove and, and things like that, because we couldn't follow the guidelines. But all our regular classes have been functioning, and, and uh, we're, we're happy to have the Gunsight family members here and, and continuing classes. And, gosh, the, uh, the end of this month, uh, the 250 is our basic five-day pistol class. And uh, it's, it got full, and we've doubled it. So we're, we're back uh, – uh, rolling at strength again like we should be and, and very happy about that. Well, that's great to hear. It's uh, It must be nice to live in a state where the governor actually understands the Constitution and respects it. That's, uh, that's a little foreign to us out here, but uh, good. That's good to hear. <laughs> like I said, free America calling. So, <laughs> so hey, um, like I mentioned a, a few minutes ago there, this, uh, this would be the centennial, I guess, for uh, Colonel Cooper. And... Um, for the handful of listeners that we might have that don't know who uh, Jeff Cooper was, could you uh, tell us about it a little bit and just give them some background? Well, well first off, uh, go ahead and write that article, sharpen that crayon up, and uh, that's always a good thing to get more uh, get more ink out there for those folks that like to read. But Jeff Cooper was uh, a legend, uh, and uh, we, we stand on the shoulders of giants of people like Jeff Cooper. Uh, he... Uh, he, he started what was called the modern technique after working with people uh, like uh, Thel Reed and uh, Jack Weaver uh, and so on. Um, he, he worked with them actually in the Big Bear Lake area uh, and then came, came to Arizona and he, he put together what was called the modern technique of the pistol. And uh, it's evolved into much, much more than that. Uh, but, uh, and he, he founded Gunsight uh, 42 years ago. And uh, well, we've been going strong ever since. For the, the younger shooters out there who don't know who Jeff is, you need to spend a few minutes, get on whatever uh, DuckDuckGo or whatever your, your favorite provider is there and, and, and look his name up and read some of the history because so many of today's current trainers tied into or the legendary trainers tied into gunside and jeff cooper over the years and what they're teaching um is very similar to it, it's an it's offshoots of the modern technique so uh he he was a genius uh he was an author he was a college professor he worked for the oss uh he was a marine lieutenant colonel uh world war ii uh, korea uh, he would just a fascinating, fascinating man. And this also would have been his bride, Janelle's 100th birthday. Jeff's was May 10th, and uh, Mrs. Cooper's birthday would have been uh, May 31. So we were so we had a celebration planned for the, that event. So, you know, it was interesting with that, too, because I took the 250 class out there. Um, I think it was last year in June. And uh, I think I was probably one of the last groups to be invited to the sconce, I guess, by uh, Janelle and uh, and get to have uh, brownies and some coffee and kind of a tour of the house. And, That's uh, correct. Yeah, I, you were the very last class. Um, 
she uh, Colonel Cooper referred to her as the countess, and she was just a true Marine officer's wife. Uh, she loved uh, her husband and uh, her family and then what we call the Gunsight family. She lived there for 44 years, and uh, uh, one of the many, many great traditions is after graduation, Mrs. Cooper would host the 250 pistol class graduates uh, with tea, lemonade, and homemade brownies. And uh, she continued that right up until two weeks prior to her passing. Um, and it, would, it was just a wonderful thing. And it also included a tour of their home. It's called The Sconce. Uh, she let the students come in and, and tour The Sconce and gave a little uh, a history lesson of Gunsight. Now, Again, being big believers in history and tradition that we are at Gunsight, that carries on. Uh, uh, two of the daughters, uh, Lindy Cooper Wisdom, who's an author, written some books along with her father, and uh, Christy, uh, two of the daughters, and then uh, granddaughter Vicki come up for the 250 class graduations. They make the tea, lemonade, and brownies, and they host the students in the sconce. Uh, we continue to maintain the sconce, and we host all of the memorabilia of the Jeff Cooper Legacy Foundation, Jeff's guns, his uh, his trophy heads, his, and so on. And, and that, that's how, what we're going to do to maintain that, to continue that tradition so the students can continue to experience what you got to experience. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I consider myself extremely fortunate that, that I actually got to meet her because uh, she would have been, I guess, 99 then or 98. Yeah. We celebrated her 99th birthday. On May 31st last year, we had a reception there in the classroom with with uh, close friends and family, and, and it was a wonderful thing, not knowing that that she would pass uh, about a month later. Well, you wouldn't know it. I mean, uh, she was one of the sharpest. I mean, uh, I know 50 year olds that weren't like that, and um, I mean, I she was just up. just very impressive. She was a sharp, sharp lady, and and uh, truly loved gunsight and the United States. Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump. She was a, uh, a an absolute conservative, very well read. She was a uh, uh, very well learned, um, just just a wonderful, wonderful lady. All right, buddy. Hey, we're gonna have you hang in there with us for a minute. We're gonna bring you back for a second segment. We got to go pay a few bills right here on Gun Sports Radio FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. Welcome back to Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, California assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What is the solution? Tally key. It'll convert any mil-spec direct impingement AR pattern rifle into a straight pull-bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. This segment is sponsored by the good folks at U.S. Law Shield, USLawShield.com. If you own any firearm, talk to the good folks at U.S. Law Shield about what happens after the bang. All right, we brought back Ken Campbell. 
CEO from the famous gun site. And I think there's a few questions to be asked. I, did, can I, I wanted to ask a question, Ken. Um, so anybody that goes to a, a, you know, an instructor or a school now, um, you know, all the stuff that they learn, the stance and the side alignment and grip and all that other stuff. That's what you mean by modern, uh, modern handgun or modern pistol uh, theory that that Colonel Cooper came up with. What were the uh, correct? Right? Is that that's basically what you know it those is. techniques? Now I'm not going to get into the great Weaver isosceles ISO Weaver and all that other gobbledygook. You know how many how many angels can dance on the head of that pen? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the point is that it, it teaches a, a, a fighting stance. Um, it, we teach mindset, gun handling, and marksmanship. Those are the three tenets uh, of the modern technique. And before it was, it was still that one-handed crouch, thrust the gun forward, and point shoot is, is what how things were done back then. And and uh, Cooper took that and moved it forward and coined it the, the modern technique. And that, that's exactly what I was going to ask. What were people doing before that? Because we take it. It's it's so for granted at this point. It's it's like it always was. Um, so what what were, what was generally happening before that, or was much happening before that? Even even the uh, the FBI was the go to look to organization back then, and their firearms training again was where you you crouched down, you took your support side arm and came up and clutched it to your chest. Now some of that was body armor, also right. That bone was body armor to help slow down those old thirty eight rounds back then. And, but you would crouch down and take your strong hand with that bent elbow and kind of thrust that pistol forward and fire from there, sort of like. Uh, Matt Dillon in the old Gunsmoke episodes, uh, if, if you remember that TV show. And that was the standard. That was the norm. Or you would put your hand, your support hand in your back pocket and completely blade your body toward the target and thrust your strong arm out as shooting bullseye targets. Um, that, that was the standard then. And it wasn't as accurate. It wasn't as fast. It wasn't as easily taught um, as what what the modern technique evolved into. So, and um, back then too, Ken, uh, when you say, you know, what they were doing back then, they were pretty much law enforcement because uh, wasn't Gunsight the first um, school to actually train civilians and that kind of thing? Right. That was military and law enforcement were teaching that. But yeah, Gunsight is the oldest privately owned and operated shooting school in the world, as far as we know. Now, military and law enforcement have been training folks longer than us, but we we teach the term I stole from somebody is earth people. Um, we teach everybody, whether it's a little old lady who's a door greeter at Walmart to Joe to the CIA's our client and other alphabet agencies that were never really there. Um, and we teach we teach them all in pistol, carbine, shotgun, rifle. Uh, long-range rifle. We can shoot from contact distance out to 2,400 yards. Yeah, welcome to Disneyland with guns. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things, um, I finally got around to watching that 40th anniversary video that you guys made. And um, yeah. I think, I don't know where I got, I think that might have came in my uh, my grab bag or something when I was out for the, uh, the alumni shoot last year. But um, yeah. I finally got into it and... Um, just uh, just a lot of fun watching that, uh, especially, you know, Janelle spoke on there for a long time. Uh, you were on there quite a bit. But um, watching Colonel Cooper, what was it like, um, you know, teaching with him and then interacting with him personally and stuff? He seems like a real character. 
He was. I was very fortunate. I came out here in November of 90, and I'd been to some other training. I was uh, a SWAT guy. I was a firearms instructor. I'd been a deputy for 11 years at that point, and I thought I knew something. And I, I called out here, and Jeff Cooper happened to answer the phone. And I said, well, this is who I am, and these are my bona fides, and I don't need to take that level one 250 pistol class. I need to take the 350. And he said, nope, that's not the way we do things here. You'll take 250, and he hung up the phone. That was it. End of conversation. And I thought, well, you old curmudgeon. But I didn't know what I didn't know. He was absolutely right. Um, He was very well set in his ways, but he was a very, very intelligent man. He was very well read. He did not suffer fools. He loved to have conversations uh, about adult, polite, well-thought-out conversations about hunting, philosophy, world history, shooting, bullets, um, he could talk about many things, but don't go up and try to you didn't want to go up and try to talk about the weather to him. It was uh, that was a short uh, conversation. So very, very interesting man. And, and uh, if you were smart when he spoke, you listened. Well, yeah, and it was and you could see that, too. Uh, we were talking off air a little bit. Uh, they were asking about the sconce and I, I wouldn't even try to describe that. Uh, <laughs> you could probably describe it a little bit better. But just going down into uh, the lower area, down uh, into uh Colonel Cooper's armory, I guess it is down there. Uh, but just looking at everything that's down there, and uh, you just get a real sense of uh, what it must have been like to uh, to see him or talk to him a little bit. Oh, he'd sit down there and hold court. And the, and the armory is, the whole house is spectacular. It's set up as a defensible fort, not because it's a dangerous place to be, but rather he used it as a model to show some of his clients where he was uh, instructing in Central and South America and so on. But down in the armory, it's just amazing. Now, Joe, did you tell them we patted you down after you left the armory? (laughs) (laughs) I would have. I left that out. (laughs) So, yeah, it's full of his his, uh, weapons, a variety of the various models of scout rifles, one of the early Bren 10s. Um, There's just a a wonderful array of of knives and pistols and revolvers and, and rifles down there, and it just, it's him. And I, I can still remember him sitting on his green stool over in the corner and, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of holding court uh, with, with all the students there. It was it was uh, quite a sight to behold, and I'm, I was very blessed to be able to have interacted with him. And I was in the last instructor class uh, that he taught here at Gunsight as well in about uh, 1992 or three. Now, Ken, you've had a lot of people come through your school, and uh, there's probably a lot of people that came through your school that you, you can't talk about. But is there anybody in particular that did come through your school that was, uh, you know, interesting or, or you know, sure. kind of a can you believe it or someone famous or someone Absolutely. we've heard of? It's it's everybody from uh, you know that fella uh, Magnum PI Tom Selleck. I've heard of him. Um, yeah. Did you he, now? Did you guys teach him to put the uh, forty-five in the back of his uh, his uh, of his shorts like he did on the on the show? Is that <laughs> that that was uh, that was pre-gun? Sorry. That was not your curriculum. Okay. <laughs> but if you do watch the Jesse Stone series, um, when he's carrying a 1911, if you watch real close, there's a raven on it. There's a gunsight raven on it. Mm. And if you watch gun handling in uh, in Blue Bloods, it, it's clear it's it's well-trained gun handling in there uh king abdullah the warrior king of jordan he's a multiple gun um i've not i did not have the pleasure of meeting either one of those two gentlemen but the other instructors and so on have said both were just wonderful pleasant you know but gun owners are we know that one of the most polite places you can go to is a gun show 
Um, it's just gun owners are good, squared away people, and, and, and they are polite and pleasant. So, But, you know, one of the most important students to me is a lady named Carol, who's 78 years old, lives here in the Prescott area. She's a widow. Uh, she's a, an artist. Her husband passed away, and she decided she needed to learn how to take care of herself. So she came and took the same 250 class you did, uh, shooting a 1911, 45. Uh, she got third place in the shoot-off uh, on Friday afternoon against no slouch people in there. And she's since been back and done intermediate pistol as well. She's now gone to the seasoned citizen class where we don't have as many ups and downs, the kneelings and prones. She's used all those up. But, you know, that that's the person that's most important. The Tom Selleck's and the King Abdullah's are great people, but the earth people, the regular folks like you and Carol and, and these other folks that come, that, that we teach them to stay alive and keep their family alive, those are the most crucial people. So did I miss it? What happened to the colonel's home? Is it, did you turn it into a museum? Yes, it is. We, we, we continue to maintain that. And we will, in perpetuity, we maintain the uh, the memorabilia from the Jeff Cooper Legacy Foundation there. And uh, we do the, the tours with the 250 class. So the sconce will stay as, as, a, uh, as a memorial to Jeff and Janelle Cooper. Wow. Is it open just to the general public for tours? Well, we aren't that quite that far along with gotcha. it yet right now, 250 pistol classes. But... We're working on where we can – we do a lot of tours here. People come in and say, I've always heard about Gunsight. I, I want to come in. Um, so we're trying to work out a way where if you just come in for a tour, yes, and you'll make a, a, a stipend, a donation of some sort that goes to the Jeff Cooper Legacy Foundation gotcha. to help support. They what, get scholarships. What, what does Gunsight. 250 indicate, the, your, your handgun 250? What, oh. what does the numbering system mean? It's like college classes. Uh, and we, we used to be affiliated with, uh, I think it was NAU, uh, but I, I don't quote me on that. But they're numbered like college classes. Level one is 250, level two is 350, uh, gotcha. level three is 499. Now, when we did carbines, well, we had a little more fun with that 223 and 556 for level one, <laughs> level two. But that, that's what a lot of the, how the numbering system came about. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been a joy having you on. You're a plethora of knowledge, no doubt about it. And I would have turned, I'd have turned Jamisi upside down if it had been up to me. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's well, another story. And I don't know. He he just he enjoyed it. I don't know. Yeah, so. he did. <laughs> hey, he gave up his segment for you, and that's a lot being said from the covert blogger. So that's right. He even took up well, somebody else's segment. Yeah. So job well done, sir. We want you to come back. Come see us. All right. Thank you very much, and give out the website. Uh, gunsight.com see us on facebook twitter and instagram also all right buddy thanks a lot folks we're going to take a quick break when we come back the infamous david chong is in the wings with more news than you can handle on fm 96.1 am 1170 the answer all right, folks, welcome back to Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Well, thousands of pandemic panic buyers just found out what San Diego shooters have known forever. AO Sword Firearms in El Cajon has the widest selection of guns in the county. 
They have hundreds of different new and used guns in stock and everything you could want for an AR-15, whether you're looking for the latest competition rifle, combat pistol, or collectible cowboy iron. You'll find it all at AO Sword. They're also professional gunsmiths with a full machine shop. They can clean, repair, upgrade, or even customize your gun, including Cerakote. AO Sword Firearms is at 929 East Main Street, just off Mollison in El Cajon. Best of all, they are friendly, informed, and actively support your rights. See for yourself with this legal and technical updates on Facebook. Check out AOSword.com or just give them a call at 619-749-4867. And with that being said, we have Mr. David Chong on the line. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I am sorry, not sorry. Did you, did you guys just get a text from me? No, why? You're not yeah. here? What happened? <laughs> I was jamming out I some whaling. You. Wait, wait, I, there's an attachment. Sent, there's an attachment. Yeah, there's an attachment. Listeners, I just sent these Ooh. guys a beautiful photo of the view I'm looking at right now from free America, just like Ken. Uh, cathedral spires oh, and red rock man. domes uh, of Sedona, Arizona. That is beautiful. Uh, I love right. Sedona, Arizona. Oh my goodness! What, they, are, you, what are you doing uh, out there? You, yeah, what are you doing out well, there? I'm just, I'm just looking at everybody carry without a permit, <laughs> 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 including my daughter because she's of age. Wow. Oh man! So you're not uh, coming back? Is that what you're telling me? Well, I, I considered it, but I realized that Michael would berate me, and so we are coming yes. back. We're, we're he would continue to fight the fight. Until my throat was sore, I yeah. would berate. <laughs> You're the one guy I'm not forgiving, Chong. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact, Jack. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, in all seriousness, man, it's been so long that we've been stifled in California now feels like anyway. And when we heard that uh, Arizona was open for business, uh, we wanted to come give them our money. And so I brought my wife out here and the family for a mother's day gift and boy, we're having a good time. Well deserved. And yes, freedom does taste different. I tell you what. Well deserved. Um, So it's a real quick, just, just to touch on it. it, it, So in Arizona, as long as you can legally own the gun, you can carry it concealed or open. Is that is that accurate? That is correct. That is correct. If you are uh, eighteen of a uh, eighteen or older, you can carry it exposed. If you are twenty one or older, you can carry it exposed or concealed. Interesting. And I'm so I'm I'm positive then that every city in Arizona is just a bloodbath of crime. Then. Is that It's very strange. I for for whatever reason even though there's all these unlicensed unregistered guns walking around the streets, I haven't seen a single bit of uh crime and as a matter of fact even in the uh lower rent let's say portions of uh Phoenix and uh uh, Yuma that I passed through, it is just not the same vibe of uh, getting eyeballed because you know, uh, they say something about uh, an armed society. What is that, it's Michael? It's a polite society. You know, I, I'll tell you though, <laughs> an armed society is a polite society. I uh, I do go back and forth in in like an internal argument uh, with myself on um, you know the importance of uh, instruction. Because uh, basically in Arizona, if you're 21, you go buy a gun, then you can carry it concealed without any instruction at all. And right. I, I and, and that's 
for, for I'm assuming, uh, David, you know, that's that gives both of us a little pause. That that kind of go, well, gee, I don't know. But I think what ends up happening is people do the right thing. They get the the training that they're supposed to, and they don't need uh, you know Big Brother government telling them what to do. They just do the right thing. Or have you ever have you ever you know what are your thoughts on that? If you don't mind my asking. That is a great question, and I, I tell you, to be honest, I'm shy about talking about it because my my view is not entirely popular with uh, the most dyed-in-the-wool constitutional carry proponents among us. But uh, uh, where where I have to fall if pressed, okay, well, say it was say that you know it was up to you, David, because I do believe that, and I'm talking as the person who sees the difference between someone who is untrained. Uh, knocking on my door at the beginning of our eight hour class and has the minimum absolute bare minimum eight hours of training after graduating my uh, CCW uh, certification course. Um, This is the difference between absolutely dangerous to themselves and others and um, has a good start on the beginning of a lifetime of study of what it means to carry a firearm and how to employ it effectively and safely. So, yeah, I, I see the point. I'm, I'm meandering to, to, to my position here. I, I see the point of requiring uh, uh, mandatory training. Uh, however, um, uh, if it were up to me, I, I would not require it. Uh, it's, it's tough, I, isn't it? It's a it's not an easy answer. I, I think as long right. as it's obtainable, you know, and and uh, you know that people can 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 actually get through the class. You know, they don't make it so financially burdensome, and they don't make it so hard that only an elite few can get through it. Um, fortunately, though, I mean, if that were listen, if that were the worst law we had to deal with when it comes to firearms, we would be, would be dancing in the street. So, fortunately for us, we have a ton of horrible laws that we can focus all our attention on, and we don't have to decide. On this one. <laughs> I feel so fortunate. About right. That. Here's here's where I am. Uh, there are many things that are legal but not prudent, and there are other things that are uh, prudent but not legal. Yeah. Um, uh, in certain situations, and I, I don't advocate anyone breaking the law, but in certain situations, you, you sure ought to have a gun on you, even if you don't have a permit. Um, I'm not going to expand on that, but the, the difference between legal and prudent. And then uh, on the other hand, it's perfectly legal to find your nearest friendly neighborhood law enforcement officer and exercise your First Amendment right to tell them what a dirtbag you think they are. That is legal. It's really not prudent. Yeah, well, you know, too, and the, the thing with um, with that, with the, the legal part that you just brought up, you know, one of the things that, that would worry me about the constitutional carry thing, it's, it's not so much the the training, you know, for the gun and how to use the gun and everything. It's it's worrying that people won't know exactly what the law is. And, you know, you could you could easily fall, you know, afoul, I guess, of the law because the, the laws aren't always... Um, they're not always logical or they're not always what you would think they would be in terms of self-defense and things like that. That's absolutely true. For example, uh, here in Arizona, uh, uh, you may have heard me just say, yeah, 21 and over, you can carry concealed. And okay, well, there I go. However, you would be breaking the law if you used your constitutional carry rights to carry concealed into a liquor licensed facility. However, if you carry concealed 
uh, with a uh, uh, an issued permit, um, then you are you are within the law. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. see, that's so important. Between carrying without a permit, there are differences between carrying without a permit and carrying with a permit. I didn't know that. And and this is so your friend David just uh, researched the law before he came here with <laughs> good, his yeah, good Arizona call. license. I don't blame yeah. him. I got to tell you what the lesson here is. Um, you know, the reason people are so uh, hesitant and so against gun laws, and it you know makes people. Uh, you know, recoil <laughs> for no pun intended is because when, when government passes these laws, we kind of put a lot of faith that they'll be executed fairly and with the right intent. And instead, I, I think far too often they're abused. Yes, so I think that's right. that's the lesson there. You know, look, if you're on the other side of the issue and you're wondering why we fight against every new gun law, well, that's because you lost our trust and it's and it's your right. fault. So, you know, right right now, right now, uh, Xavier uh, Basura is uh, working on uh, uh, per- <laughs> prohibiting. It. It. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. Trash. <laughs> he, our, our California attorney general is. Uh, working on a, uh, um, of course, it wouldn't be a law, but a, a directive to uh, prohibit sheriffs from only charging the, such costs as to cover their costs for issuing a permit. Rather, yeah. he wants to charge a legal maximum. Right. Yeah, uh, there, thereby discriminating against uh uh, lower and middle income class citizens and saying that, uh, you know, the, the life, the right to life is greater for the, for that of the wealthy than for people who really have to figure out a strategy for a, a $450 investment. So if you're the kind of person that would support that law, which would make it extremely difficult for somebody who is trying to abide by the law and go through training and go through background checks and do all the things we're supposed to do, you know, this is your fault. You know, if if you're like, why would we trust you with anything else at all? You know, if you're if you're abusing us in this way, you know, why would we think that you wouldn't abuse us in every other way? Which is why we have to fight so hard and say, hey, you know what? No. We've already compromised enough. We've already given way too much, and that's uh, you know that's 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 the result. But anyway, there I kind of I kinda, I was just gonna say I kind of stepped on your segment there with that question. I'm glad we had the conversation, but I want to make sure did did you you know was there another direction we wanted to go? I, I apologize, David. I just kind of you know what. So what I like about being a part of this team is uh, we we. That we, this kind of roundtable, we get to talk about things that come to mind and are important. And um, people know about my store. I don't. I don't need to sit and promote this or that that I have. I. I, I really enjoy this conversation. I do want to talk about uh, tactical um, variable optics, and I guess we'll do that next week. Um, well, well, uh, give us a little touch. We'll talk. To what? Where? Where we? What can they give us a preview of next week in tactical variable? Sure. Sure. We're going to talk about uh, in the last five years. Uh, the the variable scope technology has come so far. It used to be very, very hard to make a scope that could actually make it so that you could look with both eyes open with no magnification and have it look like the normal world, not a fishbowl, not a bunch of parallax distortion, looking all wavy and making you seasick as you try to look around your environment. <laughs> Nowadays, the glass is crystal clear and, and perfectly machined so that 
when you're looking through a, an optic uh, that's one-to-one, that means no magnification, it just looks like you're looking through a window. But you throw us a, a lever, and you're zooming in four times, six times, eight times. I have a couple scopes that are even 10 times zoom, and it's, again, crystal clear, whether you're looking at it one-to-one and using it both eyes open as a red dot, or you zoom on in because you need to take a, a long-distance shot at one, two, 300 yards. Uh, these scopes are just banging and, and it gives you so much tactical flexibility on one platform, not to, uh, have to use a, like a three, three times flip the side EOTech or, or use a quick detach mount to get your scope out of the way so you can clear a room. Um, used to be one, $2,000. Now they're two, three, $400 for a, a good, good unit. And uh, so I'll talk about how to use those, what, what the applications are. And, and that's some a, of my favorite. That's a good example of, yeah. of tactical to practical too. Cause I, I remember the, especially the special ops guys would use this. It was a, it was like a freaking salami they'd put on top of their gun <laughs> and it had Enormous, this huge right. lever on it and everything and but yeah the, the technology has come so far and it's so um it's just so impressive it's amazing good stuff we'll all talk right. about it next week all thanks right, david buddy. all right well enjoy dinner and we'll talk to you next week all right you take care all right folks we're going to take a quick break this is gun sports radio fm 961 am 1170 the answer Folks, welcome back. Gun Sports Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. This segment is brought to you by Cali. The Parliamentary Funkadelic. Yes, indeedy. California assault weapon laws makes it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cali Key. Converge any mil spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight full bolt action rifle. So it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. Hey, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does U.S. Law Shield. Bad guys don't. What's your plan, your defense, and for yourself and your family? Consider a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at uslawshield.com. That's uslawshield.com. Hey, the refire bell has been ringing for many days now. Home mortgage interest rates have dropped to a historic low. And if you're looking to buy or refi, or if you're just considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust, Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Give Chris a call at 619-722-1303. Or just go to primeres.com backslash alpine. All right, our favorite seg- uh, favorite segments on and one of the one of the best lead-in songs. Yeah, absolutely. A little flashlight. It's impossible to not feel cool when that song's playing. 
you know? Stump my nephew. Yeah, speaking of cool, the king of cool himself, Sam the gunman. Sam, are you there? Hello? Hi. How you doing, man? Um, I'm doing well. I see you've been following your own postulate number 40. Yeah, there you go. What's postulate music? Mike's music postulate number 40 is it's impossible to not feel cool when that song's playing. It's impossible. Impossible. All right, my friend. So we do this segment every week. Sam the Gunman is my nephew. And uh, the name of the segment is Stump My Nephew. Sam, you're going to be 21 on August 15th. And if you want to come wish him a happy birthday, you'll be able to see him at Gun Prom on August 15th. Um, And in those very short 21 years, he has amassed an enormous encyclopedia of knowledge uh, regarding guns. And he stores that knowledge in his noggin. So every week we have somebody write in. And they try to stump my nephew. He doesn't know the questions beforehand, so if you write in and give us a question, and we use it, you get a t-shirt. If you stump him, you get a t-shirt and a hat. Ah. This question comes from Hank in Stafford County, Virginia. Perhaps you've heard of him. And this is a, listen, this is a multi-level question here, so... Sam, you gotta you gotta get each part of this to uh, to get the whole uh, to get full credit here. All right, are you ready? Um, I'll give it my best try. Okay. <laughs> the term riding shotgun generally means riding as the passenger in the front seat of a vehicle next to the driver. Where does that term originate? This is the first part of the question. Okay, the answer to the first part of the question is that this originates from uh, the days when the stagecoach ruled the Wild West. Um, if you were on a stagecoach that was carrying some kind of valuable item, such as money or such as mail, um, then if you were riding on the passenger's side, then you would be given a caravan shotgun and tasked with defending the caravan with your life. That's an excellent job. That's right. That's the first part of the uh, first part of the question. The uh, Hank also wants to know um, what 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 type. Of shotgun was used um, as I said a caravan shotgun um, given the technology of the period I would assume um, some kind of muzzle-loading black powder shotgun but um, I would suspect that uh, whatever was available would be used I know the uh, Winchester model 1887 was popular for a time the lever gun uh, famously used in Terminator 2 yeah, that's that 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 is correct. But that well, that's correct that that was. But he actually wants to know. This is the third part of the question. Everything, every, everything. Yeah, this is it's tough, man. This <clears throat> Hank guy is is uh, is a hammer. Uh, you're absolutely right. Black powder. Um, you're right about it being you know shotgun, all that other good stuff. Absolutely right. Um, from here's the hard part. Ready? From 1908 to 1918, Wells Fargo provided shotguns for their uh, for the guy riding shotgun. What what? Uh, manufacturer uh, made those shotguns for Wells Fargo. Then you're absolutely right. By the way, you're, they were uh, um, let's see, they were black powder, ten or twelve gauge. Uh, there were several manufacturers, uh, external hammer, double barrel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But from 1908 to 1918, Wells Fargo only had one that they would issue, and it's from one particular manufacturer. Who was that manufacturer? Now, first of all, this is a lot more question than I had bargained. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm on your side, brother. Now, 
at the time, I, you know, I'm I'm not too well versed on um, the history of uh, banking or of shotguns, but um, given the time period, I would suspect either Winchester, Remington, or possibly Stevens. But my my guess would be Winchester. You know what? This is a ridiculously obscure question, but uh, uh, you got two thirds of it right. It was I, I didn't know this, but it is interesting. Uh, the Wells Fargo shotguns that they were issued were actually issued uh, were actually made by Ithaca. Okay, Ithaca. I, I didn't know that. That's I, very obscure, very interesting. But they were double barrel. They they uh, you know they, the guy sat up on top there next to the driver, and it was his job to scare off anybody that was looking for gold and and whatnot. So job well, job well done. I don't care well what your uncle says. Well, there you go. <laughs> You know, it's interesting. I just read a great book on that, and it was, and I want to say it was shotguns and stagecoaches or something. But they talked exactly about that. It was a, a book about the uh, they they talked about twenty different famous shotgun riders, and it started with Wells Fargo, and it started back with the gold rush days, um, with all these gold camps and these mining camps. They had to transport that stuff out sure. of the camps to the banks, and they did it by stagecoach with the uh, the shotgun riders. Very uh, very interesting book about that period, though. Well, my wife, well, you know, my wife has worked for Wells for over twenty years, and we uh, we actually saw up in Reno, Nevada, they had a uh, an actual uh, you know that period uh, coach gun, and um, oh, we ended up not buying it, but I, I I later did get her a double barrel uh, coach gun, um, and she loves it. And her first question was, "Well, do you think I could? Can I hang it in my office?" And I said, "Ah, we're not. No, no shotguns in the bank. I think we're going to just keep it at home." Well, I don't know. Times are different now. You can go into the bank with a mask on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't know if I was robbing a bank or, um, I guess, a, a corporate office for a bank. The last thing I would expect and the last thing I would want would be a face full of buckshot. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Ouch. Some things don't change. Yeah. Oh well. All right, buddy. Excellent job as usual. Thanks very much for having me on, as always. Yeah, and you know, your next phone call should be to this Hank guy. Give him a hard time for that question, because I know you know him. That's uh, Hank from uh, from uh, Virginia is actually his grandfather. Nah, your grandfather tried to put you under the <laughs> in the bag. He always pulls out all the stops and then sends the hard ones. <laughs> yeah, we noticed that. All right, buddy, say hi to the family for us. We'll see you. Uh, I guess we'll see you in August. Well, we'll talk to him next week, and we'll see him on August fifteenth at Gun Prom. All right. Thanks, buddy. See you soon. All right, folks. Well, we've just about rolled out. we still got a couple of minutes. But by the way, uh, for podcasters out there, make sure you listen to our first hour of the podcast, and then it'll be the second. Just go to uh, gunsportsradio.com, and we really, really want to thank all our sponsors, the Gun Range San Diego. Just go to thegunrangesandiego.com. Firearms Legal Protection at FirearmsLegal.com. San Diego County Gun Owners, SDCGO.org. Sign up, become a 10-ringer. You won't believe the bennies. U.S. Law Shield at USLawShield.com. Cali Key at CaliKey.com. K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. P-R-M-I Mortgage at P-R-M-E-R-E-S.com backslash Alpine Dot com, the Dillon Law Group at DillonLawGroup.com, David Sword at AO Sword Firearm Store at AOSword.com. Can't thank Michael Schwartz, Joe Jermisi, Sam the Gunman, 
digital master, Brendan Thomas, and of course, Lance Elsky. Go to the gunsportsradio.com for podcasts and up-to-date information. And don't touch that dial. Bob Siegel is in the wings on FM 96.1, AM 1170. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.